This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Material is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. My name is Joe Castaldo. I'm the president of Style Council, a textile design studio that's been in existence for 36 years. And what I love about fabric, um, just the endless possibilities of print and what we can do with it. And I also love the technology, the, the everything that's moving forward and in uh, technology with polyesters and, and uh, artificial silks. And it's, it's a science and an art. What is a textile design studio doing, bringing its artist desks back onto the studio floor? Sometimes looking to the past is a way to move forward. Coming up, we speak with a 36-year veteran in the garment district. He talks about hand versus digital printing, ink issues, and how Ralph Lauren returned to control the entire design process. This is Material Is Your Business, a podcast covering the science, technology, and business of materials and manufacturing. Produced by Mouth Media Network, powered by Sennheiser. Your hosts for this episode are Stephanie Benedetto and Samantha Cortez. Thank you, Joe, for joining us. We're excited to have you. Thank you. So we obviously understand fashion, trends, prints, designs. It moves so fast. And you have built a very successful business around keeping pace with that. How do you do it? We, good question. (laughs) You know, we've been doing it for a very long time. And my background was as a designer of clothing before that. So it's a process that all creative people go through. You know, we, I look at everything. We travel. We, well, we don't need to travel as much anymore with the internet, but we look at every designer's work. We look at just life, you know, what's happening in the museums, what's, hap- what's happening on the street. You know, we look at everything and we somehow bring it into what we do. And to clarify a bit, kind of all the pieces of what you do from ideation through to the end, what does that look like? Um, We start with sort of pulling together the trends. For us, looking at runway, looking at what's happening in the news, looking at, Samantha, you know this process. And uh, then we, we predict a color pattern and palette. And from there, we work with the designers based on what they do best, based on the hand of what they do. Some of them do beautiful flowers. Some of them do graphics, you know. So we then take that trend to give it to the artists that we feel will do the best with it. And that's sort of how our product works. Our original collection, that's sort of where we come to with that. But as I understand it, in addition to designing the beautiful prints on trend with your fabrics, there's also an additional technology piece to what you offer and some CAD software that you work with. Is that right? We work with – we have, from the very beginning, I started the company. I had 50 artists sitting in in a room Hmm. painting, 
which well, in later we'll on, yeah. get back to this because it's interesting. Um, the technology, I've always stayed on top of the technology. I've been one of the first studios to transfer to CAD. I was one of the first studios to have digital fabric printers. And as the rest of the industry caught up to it, it's been a good thing and a bad thing because you could go to a print show today and there might be 50 studios and everything looks exactly the same. And I think you'll hear that from clients and, and it's, there's a good reason. Um, it's all being created on a computer. So, um, it brings me back to getting rid of a lot of the technology and starting with really creative artists that start with painting. And we've gone back to, it's so strange because I've recently bought, I've thrown away hundreds of artists' desks, and now I'm putting artists back in the studio, hand paint artists, that we then take their work and digitize it. But a, a second person digitizes it for sale, but it is created on a computer, on by hand with paintbrushes and watercolor techniques and the old-fashioned way. And our clients, because we don't only design original artwork for ourselves, we create artwork for large companies. And uh, I don't think Ralph Lauren, who's a large client, I don't think they'd mind me even mentioning this. They only hand paint for a number of reasons. They There are copyright infringements going on everywhere with design. And that also comes from lifting things off the internet. And for, you know, artists that are sort of taking imagery and putting it together so people are being sued. So a company as large as Ralph Lauren, they, that totally takes that out of the equation. But they get to product that is so beautiful, so different from what the rest of... And not everybody has that luxury. It's a very expensive process. Joe, I was... Um, I actually brought you here because I love, out of all the studios, you have this... Um, Besides the vision of understanding the technology and and being the innovator in a lot of the um, the different type of treatments, you also have the vision of the older designers, and you also have the vision of of what you can read. Talk to me a little bit more about that about about how how it used to be in the past. Um, besides the painting hand, like the designers, like how, who were they in the past? I, I, when we first started the company, you know, 36 years ago, it, it, it was a very different business. I had come from a design background and so I knew the business inside and out. And I started to design private label programs for stores macy's they at that time did not have design people in place to understand how to do product so my little company was the perfect place to come where we could do the product for them and they didn't have to hire a designer and i could even go to asia and source it and you know i had that background 
But then I started to realize that the artwork itself was, I was making money off the artwork. Basically, that was something I could sell and it took less time than designing these programs myself. It was, you know, back and forth. And so we just start doing artwork for a lot of companies. So I, I started assembling artists with a lot of different hands yarn dye artists, floral artists, you know, artists that were able to paint beautifully on fabric, 50 artists that all had different things. But besides providing concepts to the designers, as in um, artwork, you also create smaller bodies, as in this is what you could do with this artwork yes, or this piece. suggesting where it could go. We were a lot of that, you know, using illustration to show how it looked on the... And presumably what kind of material it impacts the way it lays on it, the type of material, the print Absolutely. that fits right, the type, how you print on it. Or yes. Well, that it. then just opened the Pandora's box of the next step of it all, you know, because what it goes on, how it's printed, how it was created. And then line sheets... The line sheet thing was not really, I sort of stayed away from, we were doing that for a while. And I, I, I think, you know, the stores now have people or the companies do it in house. So the line sheets is just the concept of the, the body and giving them the different versions of prints and. Yeah. And, and, and really detailing, specking it, you mm -hmm. know, the whole thing. We, we did that. We still do some of it, but most people seem to be able to do that part of it themselves. We've, my thing now is the, the design part, which has always been who we were. But since we started doing digital fabric printing, that fascinates me. That is the science of this thing, where it's like a science project of how dyes react to the fabrics and how heat reacts to it. And, and uh, I love it. So I'm constantly talking and pushing the envelope of where we could. That's been like the past six years, seven years, right? The, Ten the, years. Ten years? We it's were, been that much? Oh, wow. We were the first guys out there, yeah, That's, doing it where you had to print it and steam it and wash it. And, you know, it's such a laborious process. This, you do it all in-house in New York, or now you're facilitating it all over? We do. We do mostly because our our product right now is really for designers who need fast samples. So, you know, during the runways, we are very busy. People need two yards of something, which we could do in an hour. Hmm. So, um, and then people that need to make samples, quick samples for sale. They don't even care if it's color fast. Yeah, but you said two hours. That's not the digitizing. That's only the the, the printing. actual printing yes. process. Yeah, then you're going to get somebody it's a telling you. Process. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> you, they, like, you told me two hours. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, well, you remember <laughs> you know that. But if someone hands us a file that is really easy to deal with, it could be a really fast process. But then, you know, people, it depends on what they need it for. If it doesn't need to be color fast, that's a whole different process. If we could find a polyester that looks similar to silk, which 
you now can. There's so many beautiful polys out there that I try to lean people in that direction because it's cheaper. So the poly, poly, the polyester stays. You don't have to do the 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 process. Usually, when you're doing polyester, when you're doing cotton and you're printing on cotton, the machines you have to um, treat it, treat it so it stays permanent. So when you do it on polyester, it it's already well. It's like a sublimation process where we print on paper and then transfer that paper to fabric through heat. So you know it's that process, but with polyester, no treating, no treatment. So it doesn't no fade away when it washes. Paper nothing. backing and polyester and sublimation inks get very vibrant color. So, and we actually put fluorescent inks in our machines, which burns a hole through them. I could go through printers every couple of years is this shelf life of one of my printers because these neon inks which aren't really meant to get neon color. It's meant to make all the other colors bright, really bright. So people love us for that. But it's expensive. You know, it's like you want us to get these colors, but, you know, it's hard on the machines. So now we just keep the neon ink in there and, and deal with the machine. <laughs> Without a doubt. Okay, I we're going to get more into that, and I'm very curious about more of the, the trend aspect as well. But I understand you brought us a snack. Can you tell us what you brought us? Oh, yes, you guys, because I was late. Yes. I feel like I had to bring you a great snack. <laughs> I'm on 36 between 7th and 8th, and there is a little – now, you guys know that neighborhood – it's like right in the middle of the Garmin Center, but a little kind of really hip, cool coffee shop to open across the street. And they bake their own cookies. And they were just voted the best chocolate chip cookie. I'm going to look at the name because I could give them a plug. But now people are learning about these cookies. I the line there's... goes out the door. <laughs> yeah, line is out. Can you even read with So this? if you're giving them a plug, they should give you a discount culture? Like time to go there. No kidding. <laughs> they're not cheap, right? Is it yeah, culture. It looks and they're sickly delicious. Uh oh. Uh-oh. All right. Well now yeah, what kind did you bring? Them? Chocolate chip? Well, I brought Every... all chocolate chip because that's, they're that's so crazy. But they also have delicious oatmeal raisin because some people want to feel like that's healthier, but I bet it's the same exact. <laughs> Nonsense. Well, we are going to dive right into these cookies, and we'll be back soon with Joe and Style Council to talk more about trends, digital printing, and the future of fabrics and fashion right after this. Welcome to Hashtag Moms Got This. Get your mom life fix four days a week. I'm Michelle Park. And I'm Stacey Eagle. Together, we chatted up with a new boss mom each week about her journey and why she's got this. Make sure to subscribe and show us some love on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever the best podcasts are found. And remember, Moms Mom's Got This. (laughs) You can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Material. Biz Show. That's Material B-I-Z Show. And hear all of our episodes on materialisyourbusiness.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found.
So, Joe, I know you since a very, very long time, but um, I've been in the business, I was in the business for 15 years. What's kept you so long and what drives you every day? I think what kept me so long is that I have right now four or five people that have been there the whole 36 years. So there are people that actually feel a responsibility and an obligation at this point to, it's like my family. And um, I have someone, oh, I'll give a little plug to her husband. She married a, a guy that uh, she has been there since she was 16 years old. And she stays and her husband started a company called Black Tap. I don't know if any of you, it's the burger place with the huge milkshakes. Yes. I do it's know. like one of the most Instagram. Yep. yep. And still she comes to work every day. So, you know, it's style council. So it's like a family. It's a design, a design company. That's my thing. So I've always loved it. And, uh, and like I said, the technology of where it's all going is exciting to me also. Well, along those lines, obviously, you've seen a lot of the changes, and I'm sure there have been some challenges and some major wins. As you're looking at those, kind of what is the future? Where do you see this going? Anything untapped that people aren't looking at, but they should be? Oh, my God. If I could answer that. <laughs> You'd have a golden ticket. I would charge a lot more money. Right? Any major challenges that you saw over the times that you learned from looking back on that history in this industry and things that we could do better? Um, within like textile design or, or I see that the design part of it is so it's been cheapened and everyone thinks they're a designer with no skill or, you know, it's just like, yeah, I'm a, I have a good taste. I'm a designer. And I kind of long for a different time when people really understood fabric. I work with a lot of people where we'll, we'll be looking at a yarn dye and I could see that they don't know the difference, whether it was woven or printed or like, there's no sense of the technical part Mastery. of it. The mastery of what it was, and it, it's frustrating to see it. And and the attitude also is like, well, I know better. And it's like, no, this comes from a long line of art and and beauty and, and work, hard work. It's actually you interesting that you say that because I used to deal with my clients. They didn't know the difference between embroidery and jacquard. Right. Rooms. Same. They just had no idea. Yes. And then so, they would talk to you, like if they did and like and then demand you, it. It's hard to, to to answer it when you realize that they have no sense of what the technology is. So, yes. yeah, that's frustrating. But, uh, you know, I don't know how to – again, like I said with Polo, that developing things with artists is a luxury. It's an expensive luxury that works – but I understand why very few companies want to do it, care about doing it. You know, it's it's at Polo. Ralph is still there. He's still at the top of this place. So he is controlling that design process still. Now, what happens once it gets out of his hands? Who knows? 
He's still around? I thought he yes, was retired. Yes, he's back. Oh, that's yes. interesting to know. He's back and he's, oh, you know, he does it the way that he knew how to do it. And when I see it, it's like, oh, God, wow. You, you get excited again. It's actually interesting because there's only a handful of designers that, with all the designers that I worked with, that I could say, she knows what she's talking yes, about. from start to finish. And gives you shivers when you speak to them and you work with them because yes. it's like you're talking Challenges the same you. language. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. I agree. Yeah. That is something that is, it's getting lost in the shuffle. And everybody understands CAD. There's a million CAD operators out there that come out of school, but you know, the CAD is a, a software and it, it's really helped the design process. But in most cases, the printing methods haven't really caught up. So you could still only use six colors or four colors. You know, it's all the old techniques that are being used. But the CAD, you know, so what? You could do a lot of the stuff, but then how do you make it? If you print it digitally, sure. you can do it, but that's expensive. So, as much as it's changed, it, it's really slow. It's moving. So, how do those shifts, how does that impact when you're looking at trends and you're picking colors and palettes where things now are moving even faster and right. people care maybe a little less about certain things and more about others? Does that impact at all or have you stuck to kind of your haute couture vision of fashion and high-end curation of design? We stick to it as much as possible because we still have a client base that cares. But um, for we also rep a studio, an English studio, Kira Gordon, and she's everything is the old school, hand blocked, hand screened. She only cares about the. I don't know if you know Lucy Keeler. She's one of one of these women that her design sense is impeccable. She, you know, she works with a small group of artists. She does a lot of embroidery. Oh, so I must know her. <laughs> yeah, but not for, you know, no. just for design. And, and all the pieces are concept pieces that we bring to designers and they'll just buy it. So there's a million designs in it. Or, it's interesting, though, because when you do um, in Europe and the education into the design Yes. vision of it. They they teach you all the different type of equipments that exist yes. and how to design for those equipments yes. and the repeats and all of that. Here they teach you CAD and just yes. go and design right. and not not the patterns and and you can draw according to what what's required to be made. I, I, it's, I want to know what's in the Kuwait that these British schools are, you know, the, <laughs> these kids come out of school so good. So, there's no loss of artistic artistry to all the technical stuff that they know also. You know, there's, the, you know, the design schools here, I think they just get a little stale. I shouldn't say that because there's great, we get, we're at FIT. I went to FIT. No, they're obviously, they're known for a reason. There are extraordinary ones who come out of there. That's yes, for sure. Yes, but you extraordinary. can appreciate that there are other areas that could be supported better or taught yeah. more yeah. here. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Listen, I guess the education is yet a whole other 
And what happens made in the U.S. and what we're bringing here to teach people, we're influenced by what's available around us. And obviously, the power of the garment district and where you've been, obviously, for all this time is what it is. But as it shifts and changes, that naturally has got to impact what students, what's available to people, what they see, what they learn, right? Absolutely. They're going through a university when they're going into the garment center. That's what I see. They're going to speak to the old, old people in the industry, understanding the manufacturing aspect, understanding the printing processes. That, that they're going through their graduate school when they go into the New York City Garment Center, you know, versus in other schools or in other cities, they teach them a lot of that because they don't have that diversity inside. Right. Inside in the, the circle. School. Yeah. In the community. Yeah. In terms of what you do in the printing that you're doing in your work, does it ever play into along with this kind of made local, made in U.S.? Is there any... Um, push around sustainability, either in the printing process or in the fibers and materials you're choosing to use, or is that just not come up at the level with the companies and customers you're working with? Oh, it's come up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, presumably with some of these newer innovations in fibers, I know printing is a massive challenge on some of them too, but they're phenomenal materials, but how you can use it, what you can do with it, not only once it's printed, but then how it behaves, it, it has major impacts, but people just starting to kind of, I feel like, scratch the surface. It's just scratching the surface. I mean, it is, and then a lot of it is nonsense because, sure. and I, I say nonsense in a way in that, you know, who knows where these these fabrics come to us in a white form. So we don't really know a lot about how it's been treated. You know, you could take a really natural fabric. We do it. We've done it for companies and we tell them, yeah, this is organic fabric. But we're about to put a lot of chemicals on it to be able to print it. So, yeah, that's going to be a long way off. And there are people like Stella McCartney that really care about it. And it's exciting to see. And I wish I had the luxury to keep going there, you know, to. But it's fabrics come from all over the world. I don't know what they've done to it, To I I could tell when we put things through the heat press, the kind of fumes that come off of it, it's like, it's chemicals. It's lots of chemicals. That's because you know of it, though. Somebody else that doesn't know, not aware, they'll put it on the machine. They're like, oh, I created the most. (laughs) You're sure? Exactly. And soon enough, as we're predicting, it's something that I've been very focused on is with the blockchain, you will be able to know everything from every tier of every hand that touched that fabric. So hopefully we will know better and we won't have to make assumptions and guesses and necessarily see yes. what you see that someone else might not see. Right, because we are making assumptions. And, and the other part of that is I've worked with companies that are very much a part of this that world. And um, it comes down to price. A lot of it will come down to price. It's like, how bad do you want to be organic or natural? Because it's hard mm-hmm. and expensive. And so, and a lot of tears, yes, and a lot of tears that I can't really even guarantee. So, in terms of how you price things in the work you do, does it, um, because of the craftsmanship and the quality and the curation, does it necessitate a larger brand, or is this something you're also working with students and emerging designers looking for smaller batch prints? Yes, that's where I see a real we constantly, and you probably. We're really in that part of the world where people come to us and say, we can't meet minimums in Asia. 
can you make this for us? And it's like, no, I'm in, I'm in the middle of the Garmin center here. The rents are so high. So, you know, it's, it's tough, Absolutely. but on the other hand, I can do it and you won't have to pay for shipping and tariffs and you, you know, the whole no, thing, but I'm never getting to a price that makes sense. You know, when someone's doing it in China or Central mm-hmm. America, or well, hopefully with Save the Garment Center, we'll yes. in the future come That's up with why a, that Save the Garments. I'm telling you, Samantha, I I see you around and I look at it and I think, why isn't it a bigger issue in New York City where I happen to have a landlord that really cares, and uh, he's been his father was his name is Steve Kaufman. He's mm-hmm. His father started the company. He owns half the Garmin Center. He's a very quiet, gentle guy. And he's the kind of guy that you, you know, if you're having a hard time, he'll help you. But, he, you know, then there's his team of guys that work for him. You know, I've been with this guy for 36 years. He treats me in a certain way. His, you know, his young guys that just want the commission, they don't care. They're going to take There's a tech one of company. There's few ones that are existing there. <laughs> There's a few still left, yeah, that yeah. care and remember the old days. But listen, it's we'll not about the tonight. old days. <laughs> it's just trying to survive yeah. with New York City rents. Is... But I think it'll be interesting in addition to obviously the Power Save the Garment Center and Made in U.S., as people are getting more and more into kind of smaller batch production, yes. even some of the bigger brands who they're willing to spend more. For, we're even seeing it where people will pay more per yard for something if they can get it quicker and it's the quality they want and easier. And they're just buying less of it and they don't have the waste at the end of a run and things yes. like that. So yes. from top you, down and bottom up, you are seeing the shift where maybe they would command your price, but they would just buy a little less of it. But there'd be more people who, who would be interested kind of on demand that yeah. time to market and. The whole calendar seems to be shifting and changing. If I had more room, I would probably increase my level of sewing because that's an area where these small runs, it's like, all right, now you've printed my fabric. Where do I get it made? Sure. So there's a big, (laughs) big industry there that Asia and the big companies really can't work with. I think that the expansion right now of the industry domestically, considering the stores, the retailers, they're, they're, they're ordering with a lot less time frame. It's, there's there's a big spot. possibility of moving the industry yeah. in, in, in a big way and domestically. Yeah. yeah, but the power to you that you have for thirty six years yeah. been and stayed and out. represented <laughs> that garment center yes. as a staple, and obviously that's the value Absolutely. of what we're all working to preserve. Yeah, because you know we're right there. So if someone the next day does need ten yards of a fabric for a photo shoot that they're desperate, you know we're there to do it, and we do do it. We do it all the time. We work all night. That's a big part of our overnight thing is a big part of it. So that's what our business is. Awesome. Well, that's a good place. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to get to know you a little bit better and some more personal questions right after this.
Are you interested in conversations about the crossroads of business and innovation? What if those conversations were about the largest industry in the U.S.? Hi, I'm Tom Kutzman. If you answered yes to both of those questions, then it's about time you check out Real Estate Is Your Business on the Mouth Media Network. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, realestateisyourbusiness.com. Remnants. Well, Joe, on break, we were just talking a little bit, obviously, about the power of online and what digital is doing for the future, and especially for emerging independent designers. It obviously can connect them to the world. Looking at the world at large, anywhere is your favorite place to travel to and why? Oh, I have been pretty much everywhere on the planet because before I started Style Council was in the fashion world. So I spent years in Asia, South America. I'm married to a South American, so a Brazilian. So uh, a favorite anywhere with sun and heat. <laughs> and, and yet you're in New York. I don't care at this point <laughs> where it is. <laughs> yep, fair enough. Let's turn back 50 years and... You're going back to school again, but you can't do fashion or you can't do prints. What would you do? Can I be as smart as I am now? Or, right. <laughs> That's I, what we would all wish, right? Yeah, Come yeah. back with that same smartness. <laughs> Honestly, and I see a lot of designers say this, I truly love with a passion architecture. It's something that a lot of my travels do pull me to. I'll go somewhere just to see the architecture and the buildings. Um, but honestly, in looking back, I could hardly get through two years of FIT, and I really <laughs> would not have what it takes to be an architect, but I love it. I truly love it. But get out of school, architecture school? No. Joe, I think that happens in the entrepreneurial world. Is anybody that's born with that entrepreneurial yes, spirit, yes. they just they just can't figure deal. it out. Yeah, they just can't right. deal with that nope. education portion of things. Yes, <laughs> that's it. I tried it for a while. I did do the lawyer, law school, Wall Street attorney thing. But when it's in your heart and your blood, you, you end up in it one else. way or the other. You want to change the world. You yeah, wanna... but that background helps you change the world. Yeah, I hope that so. education that you have really does. We're doing it. Well, we're all doing it together. Yeah. Just kind of as you look back and reflect on your career and your passion, personally, professionally, any final message, words of wisdom, advice, or thoughts for our listeners that you can empower them with? Yeah, I I think just follow your heart. You, you know, I have classes come up to me, and I so want to say to them, do something else. <laughs> Do anything else. Just like you started this off saying what I love about materials is nothing. You said, <laughs> exactly. No, I, you're in the business for six years. I don't think it's nothing. <laughs> uh, but then I see these kids and, and then I'll look at some portfolios and I think, oh, nothing I say is going to talk you out of this. <laughs> you know, you see this beautiful work and it's like, just do it. Just go for it and see where it leads. Great. And how can our listeners kind of connect with you and your business? What's the best way to reach you and find you? Uh, StyleCouncil.com. 
great. We're there. We've we, we, you've always <laughs> been there. Six years always we've been there. Be. <laughs> right. Well, looking forward to your next trend predictions and uh, future fabric patterns. I know you go to all the shows, right? Yeah, so we, we see do. you at all the great trade shows. Yes. Thank you so much, Joe, for joining us on air. We really appreciate having you. Thanks. It was fun. And for Samantha Cortez, adios. I'm, <laughs> adios. I'm Stephanie Benedetto. Go change the world, everyone. Thanks for listening. Back soon. You know where. Material is your business. This has been Material Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at materialisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Material Biz Show. That's Material B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, materialisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.